Welcome to Pushing Through. I am Tate Frazier, and as always, I am joined by the kid, BJ Armstrong. And BJ, we have a little bit of chaos in the NBA. Our Detroit Pistons, the Pushing Through Detroit Pistons, I'll say it now, they upset the Lakers last night. That, that That's the first thing I got to say off the top. What was that about, BJ? Great win for the Detroit Pistons. And to all of the NBA fans and people in the basketball world who've been watching the Detroit Pistons, you look at their record, and certainly their their record is not a reflection of how they've been playing all year. They, they have been playing very competitive basketball. They've been very competitive. Mm-hmm. They've had large leads late in games. Unfortunately for the Pistons fans, they haven't closed those games out. But I am very encouraged by what I see from this young team, from the guys, Mm -hmm. Isaiah Stewart, Josh Jackson, in particular, Jeremy Grant, their future looks bright because they're competing. And when you Mm -hmm. see young players who are able to compete, there's only one way to learn how to win those games. You you continue to play those games. So I thought that was another game that they were competing in. And somehow, some way, this team found a way to beat the world champion Los Angeles Lakers. Now, we must also state that the Lakers were down Anthony Davis, which is a huge part of their team. But of you'll take a of you'll course. take a win any way you can get it. And this team, they play hard. When you play the Detroit Pistons, you better come in. And you better play hard. So, um, hats off to our our Detroit pushing our Detroit <laughs> pushing our Detroit Pistons. <laughs> and uh, I, I really like what I see. I think they are beginning to have an identity Tate. And yes. uh, the other night they got in a little tussle, little tussling match <laughs> with uh, Midas's Philadelphia 76ers, two tough cities, the city of brotherly love and Motown, you know, uh, they were, they were, they, they were, you know, battling, battling a little bit, but I really like what I see from this Detroit Pistons ball club. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned the young guys. We've we've given them all the praise, but at the you know, at the end of the last episode I said we gotta make it Wayne. Wayne had twenty points in this game. Blake Griffin, you know, you know, against an LA old LA, you know, foe has a pretty solid game. And of course D Rose has a great yes. game. So yep. uh it it, it it was fun to see the veterans and the young guys get it going for the Pistons. I wanna talk about the Lakers and the Sixers because, you know, BJ, I think that was the big showcase that we had this week and we, we alluded to it, we previewed it a little bit. You know, Midas told us that the uh, Sixers were going to show the world that they had a defensive identity. And uh, for the most part, you know, the Sixers did show that. And then at the end of the game, Tobias Harris, of course, hits the game-winning shot. The Lakers made a nice little run to get back in this game. They were down 14 with about four minutes left to go in this one. Showed why they're a championship team, you know, in in clutch time, as they're calling it now, uh, to make that run. But what would you see in this game? Uh, Did you learn anything about the Sixers? And uh, obviously the the Lakers, they don't need to hit the panic button at all. But, uh, you know, what did you see from the Sixers, BJ? Well, the Sixers are trying to take that next step from being an average team to a good team to a good team to a great team. And that's the biggest step is how do you become a great team? And they have a player. They actually have two players who, when you look at their talent, you're going, these guys are what we would consider in this league top 10 talent. They are all-star caliber players, no doubt about it. And Mm -hmm. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid has taken the next step to becoming a great player. He looks to be in better condition than at any point of his career. 
Yep. And now what he's doing is he's getting all the accolades for what he's doing on the offensive end. But what I've been impressed with, because he's in better condition, he is having a great defensive year. He's really anchoring this team's defense, and he's giving them stability on that end of the floor. Because when you don't shoot well, if you defend well, you still have a chance to win the game. That has been the most impressive thing about the Sixers. Now, in addition to that, what Joel Embiid has done is you're seeing him being a dominant offensive player like we've all come to expect from a player with his ability. Joel Embiid is a big man, first of all. He has great footwork. He has Mm -hmm. terrific touch around the basket. And he is a load, and I mean a load to handle for any player. What he was able to do against Anthony Davis, okay? Anthony Davis is as good as any defensive player on the post, in the post, and on the perimeter than any player in the league. Mm-hmm. Joel Embiid, that doesn't bother Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid was without question the best player on the court on both sides of the ball during that game with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So Joel Embiid has taken the step of saying, I can be one of the best players on the court at any given time. Now, has he done it in the finals like LeBron James? No. Has he won an NBA championship like Anthony Davis? No. But what he did show is that he is capable of doing that and that, guys, I'm here. I'm in the building. Now, I thought this was a great barometer game for the 76ers. It was a must-win for the game. And up until the last three minutes of the game, they were convincingly outplaying the Lakers throughout the entire game. Now, did I like the way they closed the game? No, I didn't. Because when the defense turned up against against the Sixers, by the Lakers, and they turned their defense up. They extended their defense full court. The 76ers had problems. They had problems. Yeah, in- just bringing the ball up was a problem. They had, yeah. yeah, they had problems initiating their offense. They had problems getting into their sets. And most importantly, they couldn't close the game out. They couldn't get a stop when they needed a stop. Yep. So I'm a little concerned if I'm Doc Rivers. But overall, I thought they did a good job. Somehow, some way, they won that game. And if they would have lost that game, I thought that would have been one of those games you'll look back on the season and say that was the turning point in their season of why they didn't do what they what we all thought they were going to do. But you could go ahead. No, I was going to say you could see, you know, the relief, you know, in the excitement after the fact, you know, the Lakers come back, they hit the shot, but they give, you know, Tobias Harris enough time at the end of the game. The, the one takeaway I had, BJ, was, you know, the depth of the Sixers as far as the, the stars that they could have potentially, you know, if Ben is able to to get back in some sort of form. He had a tough time when Schroeder kind of turned it up at the end of the game, like you said, when he started putting a little bit of pressure on him uh, as far as trying to initiate offense. But Tobias takes a big shot there. Um, he has seemed, you know, to be back in form with Doc Rivers coaching him. Um, and that's been nice to see. And when, you know, they get that switch there, LeBron tried to come over, but the, you know, they get the switch on Caruso and Tobias Harris takes advantage of it, you know, and it doesn't have to, you know, we, we always know the best player is going to get, going to get the ball at the end of the game for the last shot, but the Sixers at least have another nice option there with Tobias. You know, if it's not Joel, they have Tobias and, you know, they, they have a third option potentially too, if Ben can get it together. So, um, I like the depth that you see there with the Sixers. I think that's encouraging. And, uh, you know, if you're the Lakers, you're you're happy to see that you can turn it on in the last four minutes and get yourself back into a game. Um, and the Sixers have to clean up some stuff. I feel like they still need another guard 
to help at the end of those games, you know, so Ben doesn't have to bring the ball up. It doesn't seem like that's what he wants to do. Well, yeah, I mean, look, I, I, again, I think the, for the Sixers, this was a, a game where they could take their temperature. Let's see where we're really at. So yeah. for them, this game meant a whole lot more to the 76ers than the Lakers. So I yep, don't want to get course. too excited about it because <laughs> we all know that the Lakers have another gear that they can get to. So let's yes, not exactly. let's not championship yeah, gear. Let's not let's not put too much emphasis for all these 76ers fans because the Lakers have another gear that they can get to without question. The Lakers Absolutely. did not double team Joel Embiid. The Lakers did not show their full repertoire, especially what they could be and what they could do on the defensive end. So I like the game that Philadelphia came here to win the game. I like the fact that Joel Embiid now understands and the team understands and everyone in Philadelphia should understand this is Joel Embiid's team. Now we have to figure out how to relieve the pressure when the pressure builds during the course of a game to win those games. Because when you lose games like that, when you play well enough to win in the playoffs and you lose a game, that's devastating. Yep. You win the games yep. you're supposed to win, and you try to steal a game that you're not supposed to win. So, again, give the Sixers credit. But we definitely see some deficiencies in their game. We definitely see some things they can improve on. And one of the things that they're going to have to address, whether now, later, or at some point, is having multiple ball handlers on the floor that can initiate the offense when the defense turns up. And Doc Rivers is going to have to find that player, whether he's on the roster now or address this via trade or sign someone in free agents or what have you. Because if this team is going to win, they're going to have to be able to play in close games. And mm -hmm. we saw a little chink in the armor. We saw a little chink in the armor. They played 45 minutes of terrific basketball. But when it was time to win the game, close the game, finish the game, they struggled a little bit. And they limped to the finish line. They won the game. and uh, But overall, let's give them credit. Game one, game well played. But still, I think all of us know that oh, this team is not a finished product as of yet. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like at some point, maybe Shake Milton could be that guy, that guard that they be. put in there. Absolutely. Yep. But he's going to have to gain the trust of Doc Rivers. And, you know, and, 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 and that's going to take some time. So let's continue to watch this closely. But overall, I like what the Sixers are doing. I like the identity of the Sixers right now. And you're starting to see them really answer some questions that we've all asked over the last two or three years. They're beginning to answer those questions while they're winning games. Very positive feedback for the Sixers and the Sixers fans. Yeah, it seems to be good energy, good vibes. Ben and Embiid seem to be on the same page, and there there was no, uh, you know, frustrations over who's going to take the last shot. You know, Toby got the switch. Toby took the last shot. Toby made the shot. Everybody celebrated. So everyone in Philadelphia is happy. That's a good day for everybody. Um, I want to go to the Western Conference, BJ, a team that I find very interesting, uh, mainly because of one of you know your friends. Uh, I hope to one day have him on this program, and that is of course uh, Vernon Maxwell, Mad Max. Um, his huge. <laughs> His Houston Rockets, uh, he said this is the start of the wow era, which is the Wall, Oladipo, and Christian Wood era, uh, era, and they have won three games uh, in a row. They beat the, the Trailblazers last night. 
Um, have you been watching the Rockets, BJ? Are you as excited about the WoW era as Mad Max is? Well, you know, I don't know if I'm excited, but I am. <laughs> you know, no, I'm just Mad Max you, is fired yeah, up. Yeah, BJ. Mad Max he's is fired up. Mad Max is. You know, he, he he's 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 down with the Rocket Nation. I get it. You know, that's <laughs> uh, that's Mad Max that's home base. Yeah, that's that's his home. You know, um, and I get that. Now, what I am looking forward to is Steven Silas. Mm. Steven Silas walked into a very difficult situation. And I always talk about dysfunction and the dysfunctional parts of the NBA that no one talks about. Well, he walked in probably into probably one of the most difficult situations for a first year head coach. His star player mm. wants to get traded. His other star player gets traded. You got players who showed up late. You got players who showed up weren't in the proper conditioning. You have a player that was traded that's coming off a significant injury. You have uh, free agent players who's coming in now, gotten paid, and now they have to they have to perform. He's coming. He's walked into literally the most dysfunctional place probably in the NBA as we speak. To his credit. I mean, yeah. Yeah, to his credit. And in Houston in general, just in professional sports, I mean, if you look at the Texans, you know, Dave Cully, who's doing the same thing, walking into just complete dysfunction, you know, just yeah. to, if, if you're covering if you're covering Houston right now, you just have to talk about and, a lot. And th these poor coaches had to put up with a lot. Yeah, and it wasn't it, it wasn't anyone's fault. It was just it just happened. You know, sometimes yep. you have a little fire over here and you put it out and, and, and nothing goes. Nothing happens. Well, all of this just came together all at once there in Houston. But to his credit, to his credit, he's remained calm on that sideline. When I watch him, he doesn't look panicked. His teams are prepared. And they, throughout all of this, throughout whether James Harden was there or not, they were prepared. They were competing. They were playing hard. And most importantly, Tate, they were playing the game the right way. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. that, that to me says something about Coach Silas and his preparation for the job at hand. This young man here is stabilizing an organization as we speak. Yep. And 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 with the phrase that I love to always refer back to, one of my coaches used to always say to me, "BJ, don't tell me how rough it is out there in the sea. Just bring in the ship, baby. Just bring it in. <laughs> don't tell me how rough it is out there." Now, yep. Stephen Silas right now He's got every reason to complain. He's got every reason to say, what's going on here? I didn't sign up for this. He's showing invaluable, I'm going to repeat this, invaluable leadership capabilities right now of figuring out how to get this team to stay on course. And you know, when you look at them, you're going, I've seen Boogie Cousins have a monster game. I've seen John Wall have terrific games. I've seen yep. Oladipo. I've seen a number of players continuing Christian to play. Wood. Christian Wood, yep. so forth and so on. Uh, Eric Gordon. You go on mm -hmm. down the list. They're continuing to play the game the right way. And most importantly, Tate, they're winning games in the Western yep. Conference throughout all of this change. So let's give Coach Silas 
a huge amount of credit here and recognize the stellar job he's done thus far. And to say, that's not a, that's not an easy thing for anyone to do. And Mm -hmm. that's been the most impressive thing. So I think Houston Rockets, you have a terrific head coach. Now, if they can stabilize the situation, have, you know, obviously your players, your best players have to be healthy. I'm kind of interested in watching them because they're finding a way to get it done. Even when you look at it, you go, how are they winning? I don't know how they're winning. They're just there, but they're doing it. Yeah. And John Wall, I mean, I think uh, he and DeMarcus Cousins, as much as, you know, there was all this gripe coming about those guys when they came into the NBA about their, you know, leadership qualities and things like that. Those guys have been, you know, right on cue, you know, as far as saying the right things about, you know, we had to get out, get rid of the people that didn't want to be here. And now we're trying to build a culture here and we're trying to get the new guys in and we're excited about this team. And I don't know, everything coming out of Houston as far as the players and from Coach Silas and the staff, it seems to be positive, uh, you know, amongst the storm. You know, there's a complete storm around them. So, um, you know, it's good to see and it's good to see for Coach Silas because, like you said, he, he walked into a bit of a mess. I want to talk about the best team in the West, BJ, uh, the Utah Jazz. They have won 10 in a row. Um, right now, we, we, we talked about the Donovan Mitchell, you know, Shaquille O'Neal situation, uh, you know, in an earlier show. So we don't need to get into that. But just from a basketball standpoint, um, like I said, 10 wins in a row. Utah is always, you know, a team that gets hot in, you know, January. They go on little runs like this. But um, in the tough Western Conference, to be ahead of the Clippers, be ahead of the Lakers, um, and to be the, you know, the, have the best record in the NBA, um, you know, Quinn Snyder's got this team rolling. Quinn Snyder is a terrific K coach. Quinn Snyder has done an excellent job with this team, this roster, figuring out ways to get this team to play, and most importantly, to reach their potential every single year. Mm-hmm. And what I'm about to say is not going to be fair to the Utah Jazz and the Jazz fan space because every year I watch the Jazz and I always ask myself, does this team have the talent to win a championship? I always mm-hmm. ask myself that. Yep. I, I Every year when I watch the Jazz, they give me reason to answer, to ask myself that question. Now they've won 10 in a row. We're, we're all saying, the narrative, what we're all saying is, okay, they've won 10 in a row. They're playing perhaps the best basketball in the NBA. But let's ask the real question. Do they have the talent and capability to win a championship? And what that means, guys, is can this team take it to another level and play a championship caliber basketball? That's the yep. real question here. Now, yep. when I look at the Lakers, when I look at some of the other teams out here, I go, they, they may not be playing their best basketball right now, but they are, you know, they win eight out of 10, they win seven out of 10 or what the case may be. But you know that the Lakers have another level to this yep, you know that Kawhi sure. Leonard can take his game to another level mm-hmm. when I watch the Jazz that's my only question the Jazz are a terrific team I love Donovan I love Donovan Mitchell Rudy, what Rudy Gobert does on the court hey that's invaluable that's championship caliber basketball he rim protects mm-hmm. he does his job he shows up and he does it consistently night in and night out Donovan Mitchell shows up in big moments, so forth and so on. 
But the question has to be asked, do they have the pieces to win a championship? Because mm-hmm. they play so well, they're well coached, they're disciplined, they have all of the things. Can they do it? I don't know. And my instincts always tells me something is missing mm-hmm. with the group to be able to play the game at that level with this group. It, I mean, and, and you know, they've had to pay some guys, to, you know, to obviously get them to, to, to stay in Utah. Jordan Clarkson, who's a six-man-of-the-year candidate, obviously, uh, has been a nice, you know, get Bogdanovich is one of those guys that they're going to have to rely on to be a big piece for them. But you're right, BJ. It's, you know, when you're on the precipice like this, this is why, you know, teams have made some trades to go all in at certain times, you know. Right. And, uh Will they try to make that move? Mike Conley is, you know, leads the NBA right now yes. in plus minus. Um, he is playing like an all star, so and, that's and, good. And, and, that's good news yeah, for Jazz. It, it is. Yeah. It, look, I I really like this team, and 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 but but then Tate, I think about I think about it, and for some reason with this team, every year I get distracted because I said I can't forget that they didn't get out of the first round last year. Yeah, they got to get to the second round. Tate, exactly. you understand? You understand? The problem yeah. is. They give me reason and hope to ask that question. I begin to say, you don't just win 10 games, 12 games, 18 out of 20 games, or whatever the case may be, and then get bumped out in the first round after being up 3-1 in the series. So the thing I want to say is they are playing great basketball. Perhaps they're playing the best basketball in the league right now, but Right now, Tate, in January, that's not going to win the NBA championship. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. as I watch this team, the one thing I don't want to say is I don't think they can play better and go to another level because I think they know they have to go to another level. But let's say this, Tate. Let's get them out of the first round this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the step. That's That's the step. step. That's the step. Can they get out of the first round? Once they and get we out should of the say, first round, yeah, then we can go on. I mean, to they did stuff. they they did play the Nuggets, who, like you said, they come back from three one in, in the first round, and that series was insane in the bubble. And I think that series, in general, once you know that let you know a lot of people know about Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray's just singular talent that they had there. Um, but yeah, for confidence' sake, and and just for the fact for this team to get over that that hump a little bit, it's kind of like the Raptors, you know, were for so long, where they they were this regular season juggernaut, and then they they had to get over the hump once they got to the playoffs. And granted, they had LeBron to go up against, but that's what the Jazz. I mean, I guess the Jazz do have LeBron to go up against. So it's uh, it, it you know that that's the thing. It's like when it come when push comes to shove, um, we're gonna have to match up with LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And, you know, we got Royce O'Neal, you know, who are going to guard those guys. You know what I mean? It's just not fair to watch and ask those questions because right now you got to take baby steps. Yes. Yes. And so we'll, we'll peel it back and say, let's get to the second round. Let's get to the then, second round. Then, let's get to the second round. In. Because I like yeah. these guys. Like, I, I'm a huge Donovan Mitchell fan. I mean, I, I love that kid. I love how he plays. Me too. He he plays with a certain amount of recklessness that I just love. Like he just he's fearless. He just goes in there, throws his body around, tries to dunk on people. You know, he he just I mean he he just plays the game with a certain level of like excitement that you love to see with young players. Rudy yep, Gobert, for sure. come on, you, you what is there not like about Rudy? I mean Rudy, like the guy just <laughs> has found a way as a big in today's game 
He's a true big. Yeah, he's a true big, and he's he, he contributes, right, in a game where it's small ball. But you know what? Rudy Gobert has made himself a, a valuable piece in a game where it's all threes. And he's not shooting threes, but he does yep. exceptional things to help a ball club win. I respect that. But I think it's important for this team right now to say we have to find a way to get out of the first round. That, mm. that's, that, I don't care if they win the rest of the games for the rest of the season. They have to find a way to say we can get out of the first round and then because and then worry about doing the things that we're all talking about because they're playing terrific. They're giving us reason. They have the numbers to support it. You look at their stats. You look at their players. You look at all of the things. And then when they lose in the first round, then we start like saying, well, what's going on up there? You know, so, yeah, uh, you know, I, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. That's, I, I just want to take a baby step because I like what they're doing there. I think they're I think they are well coached. They have terrific players. They have the right mix of youth and, and the veterans. Um, when the fans are in the building, they have a great home base. But somehow, some way, they're not able to figure that out yet. And I think that mm. we have to stay, you know, what's realistic for this team? And right now, I think that should be the, the goal for them is we're going to get out of the first round this year. Quick break to get aware from our sponsor, Discover. Any credit card can offer cash back, but only Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. It's like getting one of those birthday cards that's shaped like the cash, so you already know there's cash inside before even opening it. But in this case, it's stuff with your first year cash back match, and you don't even have to send a thank you note cash back match only by discover card learn more at discover.com slash match discover something brighter uh, a couple things bj we've talked about on this program you said if the brooklyn nets are able to win an nba championship this season something that we're obviously you know all of the world is watching as we continue the season they would change the game of basketball because defense would win championships. And I think that's like an overarching theme that I want to keep up with. I saw the, uh, the the efficiency net ratings for each team. The Nets right now have the number 25 ranked defense in the NBA. Uh, there has never been an NBA champion in the past 20 years that it has not had a top 11 or better defense. So that kind of adds to your theory um, about this, this could be a team that wins it with strictly offense. So that's something we'll keep an eye on. Um, and I just wanted to point that out to you. Uh, that's where the Nets currently stand from a, from a defensive standpoint. Um, and then the Mavericks, BJ, one note on them. They have lost three in a row. Luka's MVP campaign this season you know, is not, not going as smoothly uh, as some people had predicted. But I want to say this. They did lose Steven Silas. They did lose Steven Silas, someone that was really important to that team. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, the Luka Maverick situation. Have you been watching them? Are, are you hitting the panic button yet? Or are, you, are we still just waiting for them to figure it out? Yeah. Well, first, great observation with I'm going to start here with Brooklyn and just say, look, the way we are building teams today. With this kind of on the fly mentality and expect to win, that's a that's a very that's a new occurrence that's happening in the NBA. And that yep. all started with Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard it, was traded, yep. goes up to Toronto and wins. And everyone's like, oh, that's possible. <laughs> now, you know, what we're seeing in, in Brooklyn, years ago, we never would have, that wouldn't have ever occurred to us that you could have guys coming off major injuries, okay? Kevin Durant, you know, 
uh, Kyrie Irving missed practically all of last year, except other than like 19 or 20 games he played in. Yep. James Harden gets traded, and then all of we're saying, that's the team that's going to win it. Like, that, <laughs> that's unbelievable to me. With a rookie head coach. Let's not forget, yeah. they have a rookie head coach on the sideline. Okay, there has to be some level of learning curve. All, you know, Steve Nash was an MVP, and look, certainly he knows the game and all that, but this is his first year on the job. This is the first year they're they're, they're all playing together. Hey, by the way, the one guy's coming off a major injury, and you see the the what it could be on paper, but how did we get to the point where we're actually saying this is the team? So mm-hmm. all of those things are like, it's new. This is a very new idea of how we're building teams. I've always said it's very difficult to build a team in this new era of, of yeah. professional basketball, but this is taking it to a, a another level. Like we don't even have to have training camp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't have to practice. We're just saying we got guys here. They can score. We're going <laughs> to win a championship. Yeah, I, it, it beckons to a time when uh, you know Allen Iverson was getting in trouble because he wasn't valuing practice. Nowadays, you know, it's like, it's like, like we just now, play the game. Yeah, we just play the game now. <laughs> now, now we're we need to say it here. Allen Iverson was right. Practice. Yeah, Iverson was right. Yeah. Iverson was, practice. Well, now the league doesn't even value practicing. You know what I mean? So this is what's funny about watching all of this. You're going. Wow, well, how these guys are going to put it together? Well, they're just going to put it together in the game. So AI, I know you're out there listening. You were right. AI was right. We need to go back and listen to that press conference because AI told us then we didn't need practice. And it's and it's true <laughs> because right now, when you look at the Brooklyn Nets, they're not practicing. Yeah. Yeah. But they're we just are, they're just playing in games now. Put putting up 140 points. Every exactly. Year. So Okay, so we need to stop what all the AI memes and all that. He was right. As far as the Dallas Mavericks, the Dallas Mavericks, every year, you know, we have the media darling of what we think who's going to be. And and, and that's kind of now what we do in the media. Luka, yeah, yeah. Luka we, we Doncic. Pick a guy yeah. and then ride him all the way. Luka yep. Doncic is that guy. And, and Luka Doncic has incredible talent. Let's say he deserves it. He he he's a big time player. He's made big moments thus far early in his career. And he's shown a knack for showing up when the lights shine the brightest. Now, absolutely. The problem with all of that is you have to continue to build up to that. And the other players around the league are saying, oh, he's supposed to be the guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's supposed to be the guy. So. When you look at these players that have been able to do that, currently you're watching LeBron. It's not like LeBron James comes into the arena and no one knows he's there. (laughs) Okay. The late Kobe Bryant. It's not like he just walked into the arena and no one knew he was there. Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, all of those guys. Yeah, yeah. Luka Doncic now is experiencing that, and that takes time, my friend. That takes time. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Now, to Lucas' credit, and I want to say this, to Lucas' credit, he is taking on that challenge as we speak because you can see he's beginning to play better and better and better. 
as good as he was last year, that's not good enough this year. Why? Because the other players are also targeting him. They're saying, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, he, he, he's, he's the, guy. the guy now. He's the guy now. Yeah. Well, let me, you know, LeBron and these guys aren't going to say that. Kawhi's not going to say that. But yeah, let me, let me put a little extra sauce in this game just to make sure that y'all know <laughs> yeah, where yeah, I stand. I'm a- yeah, I'm going to do my own test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, but give give young Luca credit now. He yep, doesn't sure. back He's away. Battling. He's battling, and he will be better because of this. He will be better because of this. Now, it is difficult. It's difficult to win in this league. It's definitely difficult when everyone picks you to win, and then you have to deliver. That's the greatness to me, that's what made Jordan and these guys. It wasn't like who's going to win a championship when Michael Jordan was winning. It was like, okay, they're going to win at the beginning. And not only are they going to win, he's going to be the most dominant player. To deliver on that, that takes an extreme amount of discipline and talent and all of the things that goes into delivering on that promise. Luca yeah. is learning that right now. Luca mm-hmm. is learning that as we speak. And all of us who've played, when I played against those great players, when I played against Isaiah Thomas and Mark Price, hey, I, I wanted to see where I was at. That's a different mm-hmm. ball game than just saying, hey, I'm just coming up to the game and I had a good game because no one expected me to have a good game. So, you know, I'm going to continue to watch Luca. I think by the end of the season, they will be playing to the, the level that we all said at the at the beginning of the season. And the reason I say that is because Rick Carlisle will make sure that this team maintains its projection to where they should be. If it's one thing yeah. I know about Rick Carlisle, he, he understands this game. He's been around this game a long time and he understands this. It's better to coach a team. Okay. It's better to coach a team that understands how to lose. Right now, mm-hmm. this team right here is learning their lessons by losing games. Because when they lose, I love the response in the media. Well, what's going on in Dallas? Like, Because now we are all expecting them to win. Don't forget, Tate, just a year ago, we were saying this team was two or three years away. Now all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. now all of a sudden we're saying this guy's the MVP and they may have yeah. a top five duo in the NBA. Well, what happened? What, did they skip the process? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. let's keep going. Luka Doncic is not going to shy away. Luka Doncic is a coachable kid. That's important. When your best player is coachable, when your best player continues to fight after a loss, when your best player continues to display that level of leadership, you have a chance. I have no doubt in my mind by the end of the year, they will be playing their best basketball. But right now I'm going to give Rick Carlisle this credit. He's allowing them to see just because the experts are picking you guys doesn't mean that you don't have to come out here and play hard. And he is doing what all great coaches do. Let the team fall down a little bit. (laughs) Sometimes we would lose a game tape and you knew that Phil Jackson could have called a timeout to help us win that game. <laughs> I, 
He, but he wasn't yep. afraid. To, Dean he, Smith, he, Dean Smith would do the same thing. Yep. He knew Gotta that. The lesson. He. Yep. Tate, it it, it it was mind-boggling to me my first two or three years, or really my first year in the NBA, of how many times I remember playing and I would look over and be like, okay, he's going to call a timeout. The team just went on a 6-0 run and Phil wouldn't call a timeout. <laughs> and then he would always say the same thing after the game. Tate would come in the locker room and he'd be like, you guys played yourself into it. I figured you guys knew how to play yourself out of it. So I wanted to watch and see how you're going to do. Yep. Yep. Now, Tate, that took that took a lot of guts to do. I, that took a lot of guts. He was like, "You guys played yourself into that." Well, I figured you guys knew how to play yourself out because you didn't listen to me. Basically, that's what he was saying. You didn't listen to me. Yep. So I wanted yep. to see what you guys knew. Yeah, what your plan was. Yeah. And Tate, you know, it was one of those things. I didn't know if he meant that he was he he believed in us or he gave up on us. But certainly, Tate, <laughs> what I did know is that we all wanted to win. And we didn't care where the knowledge and the game plan came from. We had we we knew from that comment alone that we were going to either do it together or we were going to lose together. Yep. And. Once we accepted all of our responsibilities, we were the players, they were the coaches, and we have a job to do. And if we're all here to do the same job, it didn't matter where it came from. And then mm-hmm. Tate, it, it was it, it, it worked because they weren't just on the blackboard to just write things on the board. They were there to try to give us the game plan to help us win the game. And that's what I learned from that Tate. So in saying all of this, you know, I learned that lesson early on that yep. you can't be afraid to lose as a head coach. That's your greatest teacher. That's your greatest teacher. And these games now that the Dallas Mavericks, because that's what we're talking about here, are losing, they will benefit because of that. Rick Carlisle understands that. And not many mm-hmm. coaches, I think, have that type of you know really courage because it takes courage because everyone mm-hmm. everyone wants to win but sometimes you got to let your kids fall down and i think that's what he's yep. doing there in dallas yeah and it's also you know as you do that you learn you grow and you know rick carlisle like he has the patience and you know obviously the cachet in dallas you know with his owner to lose some game you know what i mean to to grow into it you know what i mean that's right. not always the, the the virtue that you have you know as a coach you sometimes you have to win <laughs> or or else yeah uh, uh, for well sure, for sure yeah 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 um so bj i uh, was gonna wrap it up here um i just wanted to say before we get out of here uh we wanted to uh give a shout out special shout out and tribute to uh a guy in the nba media space that you know it, it was a bright face you know for me as a young guy i looked up to him you know as a former beat reporter uh of course i'm talking about seku smith oh. um you know Matt Weiner and, and some of these other guys, Steve Smith, you know, gave some great um, tributes and they work with him closely and knew him personally. But before we, before we get out of here, I just wanted to say that uh, BJ and I know you knew him as well. So yeah, um, Sekou's one of the best. Yeah. Sekou is a, uh, it's, it's really hard. It's really hard to, you know, this is, this is a hard one for me. And uh, 2020 was, was difficult for all of us. And, um, you know, I feel like we've all 
you know, have a story and, um, you know, someone that's gone through COVID or we've lost someone, a, a close one. But, you know, Seku was, uh, you know, I'm from Michigan. He was from Michigan. So we had that connection. Uh, we were both in the business right around the same time. And I got a chance to know him. And you you saw his passion for the game. But more importantly, when I tell you one of the nicest people I've met, to, I mean, just he was just a gentleman. He was a gentleman. He yep. always had something kind to yep. say. He always had something positive to say. And he was just a true professional, a true professional. And um, he will be missed, my friend. He will be missed. I, I still, it's like one of those, I still can't believe it. You know, um, I recently just spoke to him about, you know, I don't know, it seemed like a month ago or so. Um, yeah. I know it was sometime the break from the, the in between the bubble and the, the start of the season. And to hear this, um, I was, I was just in shock. And um, to, to all of us who in the business who knew him, it was just, you know, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm really saddened by, by this because he was, uh, you know, I was happy to call him a friend and um, he will be missed. So prayers and thoughts to his family and yep. uh, to all of us in the basketball community, Sekou, uh, you know, we loved you and uh, you will be missed, my friend. He was, uh, he was a gentleman and um, it was just, uh, I was just saddened by the news and all of us who knew him know that he, and we were better because of him. And yep, um, yep. I just, uh, my prayers to his family for this. So. Uh, yep, a, a true man of honor and, uh, you know, the best of us. I think a lot of people have said that. So right. we wanted to get that uh, before we get out of here. We will be back next week here on Pushing Through, BJ and I. We're going to try to lock down uh, Dr. Leroy Sims, who we had on the program before, and, uh, you know, get an update on COVID protocols and what's happening in the league. So we're still locking that down. But next week, we will be back Tuesday, Friday, the same routine. BJ, anything else before we get out of here? Man, if it's uh, winning water, Tate, we got to make waves. And, uh, we got to make we, waves. We got to make waves. And, and, you know, and also in that same note, we, you know, it seems like we've been saying this a lot lately. You know, uh, you know, we, we lost also, you know, the great Cicely Tyson, you know? Mm, yes, and, yes, yes. Uh, and Hank Aaron, and the great Hank, Hank Aaron. And the great Hank Aaron. See, like we've been saying that a lot. So, again, you know, Tate, um, you know, we can't take anything for granted. And, um, you know, so, but we got to keep moving. We got to keep pushing here. But, uh, man, it, it, that, that was, you know, Seku, that one, that one really hit me a little different. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, again, uh, to the whole family, we, we are, you know, thoughts and prayers. And uh, from the pushing through family, we will keep pushing and uh, hold your loved ones tight. Tell them you love them. Uh, you know, life is finite. You know, you know, life is short. And uh, the ones that we have and the time that we have, we need to cherish. And uh, I think we should all do that more in this life. And that's uh, the last note of the day. Uh, again, this has been Pushing Through, and we'll see you on Tuesday. Tuesday.